0: to anyone listening to the Pariah Peaks podcast. It's been a hot minute or more like a hot month since I posted an episode. I am not making excuses for this because I consciously decided not to force a written piece when my head was in the gutter. And to be straight up, that is what the episode is about. Ever had that experience when you are in a situation where everyone is happy and rejoicing, you smile and you cheer with them, then catch a few silent seconds inside yourself that, wait a minute, there's a little void in you. Like a dot in a blank canvas, you can't miss it. What is that? I've had plenty of those in my 32 years on this earth, but only this year have I actually spent some time with this little dot that I can't erase. This episode is called In the Shadows, episode seven of the Pariah Peaks. The episode that was purposely delayed so I can make sense of what's been going on so I can put in words to share. Trying to find things to be grateful for in the midst of chaos can be toxic positivity, at least for me. Though I tried to practice three things I'm thankful for every day, recently there were days where I could come up with only one and just say it three times, like, I am thankful for a roof over my head, or thankful for the morning sun so I could air my dry clothes in my apartment. And then that's all I've got. It's not a lot, but it's something that I try to dig in my day to say thank you for. I believe in light, but as I moved through the days in silence and found a rekindled relationship with praying, I heard a voice and obviously this voice was Morgan Freeman. The voice said, Patricia, right now grow in this darkness. You've got to navigate through it and face it even when you're not 100%. Because when you come back into the light, you won't be phased by its brightness. And you'll know where you want to go and who you are. I don't have any special audio effects, but imagine those words in a low voice with some echoes. Sometimes I think that's my inner self. And my heart of hearts, I think that's God trying to speak to me when my guard is up. It's always up. I've been reading a lot of these quotes on being the person you want to be. I believe in that, but I find myself personally drowning in that checklist of errands and personal accomplishments and just growth. Do the dishes, go for the meetings, work out, look good, show up, smile and work hard, work smart, love yourself. Woohoo! It's all great and motivational. In my twenties, there was a lot of action and routine, but in this forced permit mode in the pandemic even hustle is toxic in my quiet time i make it a point to put aside space to do absolutely nothing and be whoever i feel like i allow myself to feel let the feelings move and flow and then leave so that later i can understand why they came i was telling my friend the other day as a disclaimer when you see me i could cry lose it, and then laugh all in one sitting. But that's just normal in a person, but we don't normalize it. I find that I've been limiting my emotions in one area of the spectrum, where it's all about growing, thriving, and being an independent boss lady. I am proud of where I am, but growth, healing, and success have a common denominator, which is, it's not linear. This year, without saying too many details, as it isn't my story to tell, I've watched my closest friends struggle and celebrate in their privacy. I am honored to be part of their world. I tell myself that this is life. A deck of cards shuffled and you play the cards you are handed. You win some and you lose some. As humans, we have ego and pride. We post our highlights on social media and share with our circles that we are the greatest. I read somewhere in Instagram because, you know, I use my Instagram account for free therapy and interact with therapists tackling relationships, trauma, and self-care that the work, quote-unquote, isn't just grinding through the day and getting lists all checked. The work also involves in fine print to face our shadow. Man, let me just tell you, my shadow is a mean, ferocious, furious, hurting lady. I really don't want to cross her, but I do need to talk to her even when I don't want to. Many times, I don't know how to talk to the shadow of mine, so when I meditate, and I don't know how many of you have this experience, but my mind has conversations with myself and God and other people based on how I think they'd respond. The scenario is usually this dark room and I'm just watching my shadow completely lose it. It being all her screws in her head. I find it scary and entertaining as she maims people with her ideas to share her pain. Some days there are knives and chainsaws, other days her fist, but the worst are her words. She spews wishes of hellish situations and people in her blacklist, fuming out insults that is way below the belt. And, the, and then the piece de resistance, she shares her pain the ones they caused her. I don't know how else to explain it, but it's like taking the knife that stabbed her and stabbing them back where she was struck. It's dark. It's very dark in there. Some days it takes a few minutes, and other days it takes a few hours. It feels really long. If you're still listening to this episode, I wasn't trying to scare anyone. I'm just telling you how it really is. That people aren't all light. Though I love the sun, I think that people are actually like moons. They have different phases in one being. I was watching this Netflix show called Afterlife of the Party. It was a fun watch. There's a magic and a wardrobe change and a finger snap. I'm a sucker for those kind of films that remind me of Sabrina and the Teenage Witch. Google it, guys, if you don't remember this. The protagonist dies from a freak accident and finds herself in the middle of heaven, and hell. She had a list of people she had to help so that the powers that be can decide which way she'd go. As many hope that they'll go to heaven after what I just shared with you now, I feel like I'm more in the middle to be very honest, hopefully not hell. A similar situation as his character in the film. I thought to myself, when my time comes to leave this earth, I hope all that shadow work I do would have helped me get through the list to pass for the upper floor rather than the lower one. I don't like the biblical visuals of hell. The Bible describes hell as weeping, wailing, gnashing of teeth, darkness, flames, burning, torments, everlasting punishment. That's intense, scary, and sounds painful. So no thanks. What I'm trying to say here is people are inherently good. It is the trauma and conditioning that makes people hurt themselves. I read this post from the holistic psychologist on Instagram. Everyone wants to be loved and seen. This is a validation that we seek. Almost every week, my siblings and I have a Zoom call and we play a game where we ask questions and everyone has to answer. Questions can range from what's your favorite car to more personal ones that only the circle is allowed to answer. I led a recent one and asked what is each other's weaknesses? We took turns in sharing our observations. I had a unanimous response that my weakness was my anger. When answers come from this circle, I'm not offended. I approach these sessions with curiosity and openness. As I listened to the answers of Charlie, Gingers, and Georgie, my siblings, there was this air of acceptance and respect which I value. Who else would call you out other than your own Asian family? I am not proud of my uncontrollable fury, but there is beauty in brokenness. Though I don't think people should stay in it forever, personally, I find the exploration of our own darkness interesting. I have this visual in my mind that whenever I do this exercise, there I am in that dark room again with furniture this time. Each piece of furniture has a stone on top of it. And every time I visit this place and touch that stone, there's a memory and feeling behind it. Like for example, I have a stone on a dresser and then I'll touch it and I'll feel this sense of loss, sadness sometimes, grief that never got to unpack, spite that needed to be heard. It's a close friend who betrayed me, a parent that boxed me into their dream, a partner who took my choices and voice away, a stranger who said I can't, me who let all of it happen, Every time I touch a stone, I aim to turn it around. Some days it takes more than one visit. Shadow work to me is understanding my own triggers, a time to air my insides out. I think I'm at a point in my life that I'm tired of checklists. I'm also tired of morphing back to my old personas when I'm with a familiar company. Maybe as you listen to this, you know what I mean when when you go to your childhood hometown and they remember you is that bratty kid with a sharp tongue, or maybe it's seeing friends and you turn into that class clown they love because you can make them laugh. The holistic psychologist said that triggered emotional reactions are not the truth of who people are, neither are our thoughts. When I read this, I asked, if I'm not my feelings or my thoughts, then who am I? I don't really know the answer to this yet, and I think that's what fascinates me about my shadows. Science proves that moonlight is actually sunlight that shines on the moon and bounces off. There is magic in that brightness, but people fail to address the hidden parts of themselves. As people, we naturally lean towards being seen in greatness, in beauty, intelligence, and fame. And the other side, well, it stays on the other side, unaddressed. I consciously want to learn about the dark side of me Though my ego can be such a diva and can't accept the whispers that these shadows reveal, there is this feeling of wholeness when I come out of that mental dark room. It's like I have a gem in my pocket that no one else knows about, and I feel powerful knowing my brokenness exists. In Asian culture and patriarchal societies, we are taught to hold our pain and not show emotion. I know there's a sense of dignity not to air out our dirty laundry, but... Do we even do our laundry? In the last two years of this pandemic, I've had my own personal loss. And I've seen funeral after funeral of ones close to me and ones I don't even know. I'm coming from a breakup. I'm still at the point of acclimating to Manila and finding sanity amidst double the workload while working from home with people I call my team. But I never even met them. And I'm in the same country as my family, yet it's the second year that we're doing Zoom calls for birthdays due to the rollercoaster of lockdowns. I don't know about you, but I felt so detached and numb for long weeks. Long, long weeks because I feel lost and experience loss in different levels. Holding in cries and building fear behind forging a path in the unknown. It's scary. And there are mornings I feel stuck. I don't want to get out of bed and then I drag myself like a robot and greet people on MS teams. Hey, good morning. Happy Monday. How are you? My sister would do this irritating thing growing up that if something hurt me or scared me, she'd make me go back to that spot to face it. For example, when I got my driver's license and Charlie was on a vacation with her best friend here in the Philippines, she let me drive her car while she was away. And I crashed her car in the first 15 minutes of driving it. A thousand apologies, Ate. I did not want to go back to that spot where I had the car accident. But one day, as I drove her fixed car hey, I got it fixed before she flew back to Dubai, okay? She made me make a turn and drive back to that same place. I was a first time driver who was pressured to make it on time for a friend who was late. The accident was a pain of sorts. It hurt my pocket. I almost drove into a hotel because I lost control and could have hurt the other person in the car. Suffice to say, it's pretty traumatic. All, th- all this happened at a fancy residential area in Dubai Marina, and I remember my hands getting all sweaty and my heart was racing as the moment flashed back in my mind. My sister can be such a sadist but I understood later that it needed to be done. Going back to that spot, I remembered all the things I did wrong. One, I turned the steering wheel too much. And two, I wasn't paying attention to my surroundings. Three, I let the other person take the lead even when I wasn't the one holding the wheel. I also noticed that the lap post I broke into pieces was fixed and that I was in the same car, alive. I haven't actually told many people about the story because nobody wants to hear another stupid comment of I told you so and gasp at your mistakes. But then again, here comes shame that I've learned to embed in my head that when you commit a mistake, you don't talk about it. When I lose something or someone, don't cry about it. Just hold it all in so no one knows. No one needs to see another sad and lost person. I have to have everything together and know what I'm doing. This mentality is utter rubbish and unrealistic. But I've picked it up along the way because that's what we're taught by society, by social media, and my own mind. As I go through these low bouts and self-checks, I struggle to stand in my own shoes and people still box me into these definitions and versions of me like, you're as hot-tempered as so-and-so. You could have been a nurse by now. You should have stayed in England or Dubai. You should get married and have kids. You should smile more. Or you should just let go. Forget it. And these very moments, I remind myself of that stone that turned into a gem in my pocket. And I hold it as my why and who I see myself now. Some people prefer that past versions of you or feel uncomfortable seeing you now, and that's okay. I am guilty to feel the same way for other people, too. Judgment is her natural ego talking. I think that's why I love antiheroes, like Maleficent. She is what she is. An antihero is a layered and hurt being who is inherently good. Their unspoken pain is judged as evil, but in reality, as human beings, we are light and darkness. I think it's when we keep parts of ourselves hidden. We validate that this unseen part should stay in the shadows and take away its right to share its truth. I'm not saying go be a jerk. I admit that I can appear as a complete psycho in this whole process as I let those parts of me air out. I'm saying go face your demons. Sit with those shadows and let them tell you who they are and why they're hurting. I read this quote from Artidote's founder, Giovanni Varela Ferreira. I hope I said that right. He is a curator of a unique page of artworks that is associated with a quote usually tackling issues around mental health and self-awareness. He said, grief is love that hasn't been translated. I thought, wow, sounds about right. (laughs) What I realize is that everyone has their own version of truth. And these shadows that can come as grief or sadness or insecurity or even fear, they have this unspoken truth that wasn't allowed to be seen and heard. How do I know a trauma when I see one? Well, these are parts of a person that throws a tantrum, that comes out as an insecure comment or a public breakdown. You know what? We're too old for that and it gets tacky. Such shadows can evolve as an unhealed trauma that is projected in others, in our relationships, and even in us. A healer once told me that lessons are like guests. They come to your door and they knock. Then they'll keep knocking until you open the door. Let them in and learn from them. Look, I'm still hurting. I keep quiet to most that in case my words will bring more pain than any help. But if there's anything I'm grateful for these days, it's for choosing my tribe of friends and family as a support system, as confidants, and more than anything, a safe place to be myself. On days when the lockdowns are too tough to break, I run to my journal to pour my thoughts as messy and as lost as they are. In times when my energy is low and I can't focus, I built a routine that has pick-me-ups and scheduled breaks to go for a walk or get myself a cup of coffee or a reminder to call a friend or family. Yes, we can't always be together in this landscape, but I'm learning to flow and shift from space of different energies and thoughts. There are times I find resolve when I walk into that mental dark room and sit with my shadows, and other times I... Get nothing but silence and that too is okay. My personal goal is just to face my demons and then we can talk later about shaking hands with them. I recommend listening to this song by Nirvana and written by Kurt Cobain which seems fitting as I end this episode. It's called Come As You Are. It is an ode to accepting someone for who they are and living outside the boxes without the need for all the labels that our society imposes to us in a different way to do things. If you reach this part, I hope this episode helped and resonated to you as a listener somehow. Take things slowly and in your own pace. I hope wherever you are and whoever you are, have a great day or evening and thank you for listening to the Pariah Peaks.